Ladies and gentlemen, now tuned to the greatest. Ladies and there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, appropriate ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. Uh, we start off once again. We have a new segment on the show. It's called Things That Happened Before the Bears uh, Get Another Win. So, things that have happened since the last time the Bears got a win. Twitter turned into X. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. The Titanic submarine went down. Uh-huh. Them niggas <laughs> so then, we may actually find the submarine before the Bears get another win. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, 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 no. Uh, what else happened? Oh, oh, uh, DeMar Hamlin died on the field, resurrected, and then played another NFL game. Donald Trump was on his first indictment, and Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. No, 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 not again. This is the one time. This is the one time. And then not only that, Floyd moved from here to here. Yeah. So these are all the things that have happened. Monumental historical stuff. Historical stuff since yeah. the Bears have actually won a game the last time. And everybody got they all hope got your hopes up. Got your hopes up. They was up twenty-eight to seven. Everybody was like, This is it. It's gonna happen. And I said just wait. They gonna find a way to lose. And what happened? They found a way to lose that game. But the, it wasn't even Justin's this time. Like Justin had an actually a career game for him. He threw his first 300-yard game, um, his first four-touchdown game. Justin looked great. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be on him for the last two plays that a lot of people remember, which would be the stra- sack fumble and the uh, interception that uh, he threw, which, again, was not his fault because at the end of the day, coaching lost that game for him because coaching was terrible once they went into the locker room and realized that they were up 28-7. to I think that was the worst thing when they realized, oh, we up 21 points. Okay, cool. We ain't got it. All right, we just going to go out there and not and do stuff. It's just like how? Like how did this – how did y'all do this to make it – to where y'all messed up a team that, by the way, in between six quarters gave up 98, uh, not, not 98 points. Like, gave up 98 points within six quarters. 70 to the uh, Dolphins and then 28 to the Bears. And yet y'all found a way, found a way. Y'all made Russell look like old Russ. He threw for three touchdowns, 223. Like, I don't know how... Uh, how this happened and it's it's still mind-boggling to me because what had happened was they ended up like Matt Eberflus ended up not coaching to win the game but coaching not to lose and that was the problem he was coaching not to lose because he basically said okay Justin we got we we up so we're gonna take the ball out your hand and start running the ball running the ball running the ball and then realized that he couldn't they couldn't gonna do that and the next thing you know they were down by three and that was the most boneheaded play I've ever seen in my entire life. When you are up, when you're up, and all you have to do is kick the field goal and not make them, you know, make them drive the length of the field. 
that fourth and one, instead of trying to go for it with one of the wackest calls ever, like instead of going for an actual play, you go for a draw play. Like that makes no sense. You decide to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal, which would put y'all up by three. Because again, guess what? Y'all lost by three. That's the key thing in here. Like I want y'all to remember that. They were coaching not to lose that game. They were so scared that they were going to lose, they did not know what to do with themselves. And then that happened. And I will tell everybody this. Like, you can say whatever you want about Justin Fields. He played a phenomenal game that, that day. And the only reason why they lost was because Matt Eberflus got scared and took the ball out of his hand. Because the thing is, Justin has not had any level of confidence in these last three games. That game four, he looked very good. He looked confident. He looked poised. He looked like back in the day Justin Fields uh, even earlier in his career with Matt Nagy and even some in Ohio State, he looked like that Justin Fields again, and he was playing very good, right? He didn't make too many mistakes. He went 16 for 17. He was throwing the ball not only short but deep. He was getting the connection with DJ Moore, with Cole Komet, right? He was finding things open. He was making the defenses look bad. Again, it was against a Broncos defense who gave up 70, but... That's what you're supposed to do. When you're down and you got a bad defense in front of you, you're supposed to dominate that defense. And he was doing that. And then they had took the ball out of his hand and basically just said, like, nah, we good. We just going to uh, try not to lose the game. And then ended up trying to go ultra conservative when there was still too much time on the clock left. And then the problem ended up being is that once they got, once they realized that happened and then it ended up being 28-28, um, <clears throat> they tried to be like, oh, Justin, uh, not uh, yeah, Justin. We need your help. Please, please save us, right? And then that's where it ended up having to put that pressure back onto him, and ended up having him throw that terrible interception. That was a game losing interception. And it was terrible. Um, but you can't put that on him. You got to put that on the coaches at the end of the day. And the problem is the only. Well, first of all, the only reason why Matt Eberflus has a job right now is because of the fact that they play tomorrow. Like if they didn't play tomorrow, him and Lugetti would probably be fired. Um, if we want to actually look at this, right, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this again, by the way, I brought it up first that, uh, Justin Fields should get traded to Atlanta. Just wanted to say that, um, if we're going to end up firing like Lou Getty, Matt Eberflus, right? Like, which we, which I think will happen probably by the bye. Cause I don't think they're going to last that long. Uh, the bears don't fire coaches like mid-season so either we'll go through the whole season with him or we'll get to the bye i don't see him staying longer than the bye though um if that happens i think the bears should trade away justin fields i think definitely because at that point it might as well just start over fresh and just go with kayla williams right i don't think they need to go get you know another quarterback mid-season to try to salvage this thing i think just ride it out with a with uh with Baguette, I think he'd be fine. Just ride him out for the rest of the season and then go and get Caleb Williams. I think once they go get Caleb Williams, and even if they did end up having the number one and number two pick and getting like Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., I think that would happen. Um, I think that they need to go out, but I think the thing they really need to do is go out and find like adequate coaching, right? Like, I think the problem is that they have had this system of one to be like a defensive minded head coaching team right which is fine right like you're in the nfc north you know it's you know green bay detroit minnesota cold weather cities you know hard-nosed towns you know and they always want to be defensive minded but right now you look at those other 
three teams, they're all very offensive heavy, right? They're all very offensive minded, right? They're super, you know, not conservative to a degree, but not, you know, flashy either. But they're very offensive heavy because they have not only a quarterback that can do it, but they also have like coaching and the staff to kind of compete with that. And the Bears have kind of been so locked into this defensive mindset to where they don't want to change that up is probably the reason why they have been this so uh erratic for the last two you know two to three years right like and this hasn't been like just a this year thing has been for a while right the one time they have had success was when they have had a offensive minded head coach in McNaggy, but they really still haven't had that much success he did get to the playoffs twice uh one of those the only reason why he did lose was the double doink we'll give him that uh but the second time around he barely scraped into the playoffs and then only you know scored a touchdown on like the final play of the game where jimmy graham said i jaw him out and basically caught it and just ran to the locker room after that um i think they need to go get an offensive minded head coach now does that mean it needs to be like a josh mcdaniels no i think they need to get new blood because i think josh mcdaniels have proven that he can't he can't coach a team that's not coached by bill belichick his success has very much been tied to bill belichick right when he was the coach of the broncos and now he's back as the coach as the raiders he has not had a proven level of success of being the guy there, right? He has not had that. Um, do I think Lincoln Riley is the guy? I don't know. Uh, I think if they go out and get Lincoln Riley just because him and Caleb Williams have had been together both of their, uh, you know, careers there, you know, the best times we've seen uh, Caleb Williams has been with Lincoln Riley. I don't know if that's the answer to go get him to kind of coach up Caleb Williams in the NFL. I think again it should be somebody like a new blood. Again, been saying this for a while. Eric the enemy. If you want to go get somebody really new, if uh lost if the Chargers don't want to do it, I think go get Kellen Moore off of their squad because he has been, you know, unfortunately kind of hamstrung by Brandon Staley. So if they want to go get that, I would suggest going to get him. Even somebody like, you know, even you gotta look at somebody like one of somebody off the Arthur Smith squad too. Like if you go get somebody like off off of like the Atlanta Falcon squad that can help a little bit more but it has to be like an offensive minded head coach it can't really be the same old thing of defensive you know a defensive guy going over there to trying to coach up this team that has had historically great defenses but has had inept offenses right so you need to go out there and go get somebody that has been proven at an offensive level go again Try to get somebody off the Andy Reid tree. It, Eric B. Enemy is in town. If nothing else, I would say look at him, you know, look at this game that's coming on because the game they just put on against um, Philadelphia where if they put more time on the clock, they might have won that game. Like if they had some more time, they might have won that game. Um, like I said, Eric B. Enemy is going to be in town, right? Like you got a guy in Kellen Moore. If, if the Chargers don't want to give him an opportunity, go get him. Lincoln Riley could be the guy too. You never know. It's just at this point, the Bears have been now just are on historical level tracks of being bad, like that the bad level we have not seen before. And this is why I think that it's mostly because of the fact that they keep going to get these defensive guys. And if you're Matt Eberflus and you are supposedly this defensive guru where ever since you've come as the head coach of the Bears, you have lost 
14 games and in all of those games you have lost them games by like 25 points it's not even been close in a lot of those games right like you have lost the majority of your games by 25 or more right like so that means they have been blown out like you are a defensive quote-unquote head coach and yet you still cannot figure out how to coach up this defense this defense has spent a lot of money and tremaine edwards is looking terrible tremaine edwards is looking straight hot garbage right now like he got the money and forgot how to play he pulled a daniel jones he got he was like i'm out here for this check oh i got my check i don't know how to play coach my hand i got my long i got my hands my arthritis is kicking in they he, he can't play his carpal tunnel is doing because he's looked he's looked terrible like he's looked good at what first game and then after that he's looked inept at best he is it is terrible to watch and that is the sad part about it is that this defense is going to be on a historic is on a his is right now on a historical track of being the worst defense i would say of almost all time and that's that's saying something for we've had like we've had again we've had teams that went oh and like 16 0 and 17. the bears may be the first team to go 0 and 17 if they don't turn this around um yeah and then i think like i said and the only reason why matt Eberflus has a job is because they play tomorrow it's very hard to like fire a coach four game four days before a game right like it's hard to do that because that throws that throws too much in whack but i think he knows it now i think matt Eberflus knows that he's about to get fired so if i'm him at the very least what i'm doing is trying to at least pad you know my resume like if i'm trying to do that i'm at least trying to make sure like hey nothing else we shut down washington tonight you know try to make myself look a little good in these next few games trying to make myself look a little better so that way i can still get a job in the nfl level because that right now he he if right now if i'm a coach and i need some defensive help he ain't on my squad because you you didn't gave up too much and a lot of people are going to say well it's the injury bug right the injury bugs bitten them like it didn't matter like the cowboys lost trayvon diggs and then they just held uh new uh new england to three points so it's not the injury bug you can't say the injury bug for everything at this point i really think they're just kind of tanking for caleb at this point and it's always harder to tank it's always harder to tank i've told everybody it's harder to tank in the nfl than it is in the N nba because you're more likely to get hurt in the nfl than you are in the nba it's easier to tank there because you can basically pull them and give them like healthy scratches or something or like medical illnesses where they won't look at it like that but <clears throat> when you look at it what on why they are probably tanking is because they think that caleb williams is the answer and again as long as you fire that squad and just basically build it up and when i say like fire that squad i mean that whole coaching staff and maybe even the ceo by the way the dude who forgot to lock the doors into the facility and let a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment get go missing i'm still trying to figure out like if we just go to a pawn shop like you think somebody just got that they stuff that stuff in their crib just like playing around and just be like yo suit me up suit me up put me in the car and coach on I me mean, shoot he'd probably be better than most of the teams right now but at this point if you are going to tank for caleb then it has to be a, a upheaval of everything there you can't keep anything that reminds you of that past there you have to wipe it out and start fresh and it's going to be hard for especially for a lot of bears fans because if caleb gets there and he doesn't look like the same caleb from usc or oklahoma it's just going to bring up of another one of those like we can't <laughs> we just can't win like we are we just can't do it so it's scary i, I don't want to say scary but it's just very much so a thing of what can we do now 
And at this point, like a lot of people have said that like they need to trade Justin Fields, which again, I, by the way, said that the first time for you know people said that said that the first time. I said LA. A lot of people have now been saying Atlanta, which at the end of the day, I think Atlanta is a good spot for Justin because like I said, um, Desmond Ritter has looked pedestrian at best. Even in Toy Story, when they was playing in Toy Story mode, like some of them passes look terrible, right? Going in Toy Story. Um, but I think if they got Justin Fields, it's, I will say this, dropping off another quarterback midseason into another, um, another offense, it's always going to be hard because it's not going to just be like, Hey, you know, here's a new offense, learn this in like two weeks before we start you, right? Like it's always going to be a little bit harder, right? Um, especially now where Justin Fields value is very low, right? Like if you're the Bears, you want to try to trade him for, at the very least, I don't think he'll go for a first round right now, right now. If he puts on two or three games like he just did, then he may be able to bump to that first round trade value. Right now, he's sitting at like a, a three, maybe a two, like maybe something around there, right? Like you want to trade, you know, maybe two uh, second rounders for him. Um, but yeah, if he gets traded to like... If he gets traded to Atlanta, I think that definitely helps out Atlanta because right now um, the Atlanta Falcons have a lot of weapons that I don't think is really getting activated with Desmond Ritter because Desmond Ritter is a very good backup, but I don't think he's a starter. And Atlanta kind of made, you know, kind of messed up itself when they really didn't try to go in for Lamar Jackson at the time when he was still available. Um, I think that they should try to just if nothing else, hear out what the Bears have to offer for Justin Fields. Because if they can get Justin Fields, that kind of helps them out a little bit more, especially in the run game, right? Like uh, you got Bijan uh, Robinson, who's the only real, uh, Bijan Johnson, I'm sorry, who's the only, you know, real true threat on that team right now because Kyle Pitts can't, you know, be what Kyle Pitts should be because Desmond Ritter is not playing at a high enough level. And then you have, you know, you guys got John o. Smith, you got uh, Drake London, who are still kind of waiting for their opportunity to shine, right? Like Kyle Pitts may go down as a bus if, if and only if he don't, they don't get a good quarterback, right? Because we have seen Kyle Pitts kind of sort of be what we thought he was coming out of Florida. Um, if we can get a quarterback that not even doesn't even have to be like a step like, you know, next level it can just be a step better than what desmond ritter is because that offensive line is good that offensive line is solid um if you add justin fields to that backfield now you don't have you can't have teams kind of crowd the line because watching some of those games with uh with Bijan, like you see them they just basically crowd the line and let him you know say like you can't beat us running the ball you're gonna have to beat us throwing there is a level of threat there now with justin fields in there and not only that, but there's a level of, you know, threats with his legs. Because, again, Art Smith is not going to be scared to uh, have Justin Fields run, right? Like, he'll tell him, like, get out of bounds. But he is not going to be scared to have them do a lot of those R uh, RPOs, design runs, you know, quarterback options. A lot of those plays that work best with Justin Fields' skills. Um, with the addition of that, they could Atlanta could be very dangerous. Again, I think they were already a fringe playoff team before. We didn't really know what Desmond Ritter was. With the addition of Justin Fields there, they could really be something dangerous. And it's very much a situation where Justin does need to get out of Chicago. And again, he just needs to go someplace to prove that he's still a 
I don't want to say a high value quarterback, but still a quarterback that can still be a franchise for you, right? Like he does, he's not going to be like anything on the level of like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Tua or a Lamar or anybody like that. But he can kind of be in that next level where he can kind of be a Brock Purdy. He can kind of be, you know, a Joe Burrows. He can kind of be, a, you know, a Dak Prescott, a guy who's really good, you know, but he can basically kind of be like a high maintenance game uh, game manager won't lose you the game but you know and can kind of count on him to win the game as well but won't be someplace where it's he is like the hamstring of your team like oh he's a oh they're a quarterback away right they're always going to be that quarterback away but I think Justin could still be like that for a team like he could be the key that kind of unlocks a lot of offenses there right because he's a great offensive player he's just being hamstrung right now with the Bears and if you want to do it, like I said, if you want to get him to where he can still prove himself, you just got to get him out of Chicago. And again, Justin, he could be another one cases where I wouldn't be shocked if he's not on the team by the bye. If he has some good games and he puts together some good games, if he's still on the team by the bye, I would be shocked because that would basically be his value level up. Because if he can get off of that team by the bye, gets the trade value that he that the Bears like, could be over there. Because again. The Bears could end up having a few first, a few top picks in this draft because again, right now, if the draft started today, they would be literally number one and number two. So that is that is not super crazy to think about, but just insane when you stop and think about it. Um, but if Atlanta, like the side effects of that, if Atlanta does make that trade, this puts them kind of sort of in that category to where they may end up like being a playoff team because again especially in the nfc south right now right now baker mayfield is looking like he is a 25 mil max player right now he is balling out in tampa bay and there is nobody really else there to kind of threaten them like bryce young has not looked extremely comfortable but they also don't have anybody really there to kind of help develop his you know his uh growth through the nfl and the saints eh I mean, the Saints were the Saints always had a question mark, and Derek Carr is looking very, very old. I know Alvin Kamara is back, and Chris Olave is probably the only key good thing on that Saints squad. Um, but yeah, it's it's right now Tampa Bay's division to lose, and if the Falcons, like I said, want to try to make that jump, they should try to make this trade. I think, and if they do, they could, like I said steps him up and plus like i said it helps that justin fields will be able to kind of go home and kind of reset himself right he's from georgia he knows people in georgia he can kind of reset himself and kind of unlock the player that he used to be so we'll see uh speaking of trades and trade values um so the bucks trade has finally kind of settled down and we kind of finally can see everything that happened to it um you know yesterday was nba media day I think, ironically enough, the biggest story was, of course, you know, Jimmy unlocking his uh, emo Jimmy mode. And he came out there looking like his best school shooter attire. Um, but I can feel for Jimmy because right now, they basically Miami Heat is basically asking him to run this back with him, uh, Bama, Bayou, Tyler Hero, and Amazon workers. They basically just telling him, like, you did this the one, you did this before. Let's do this one more time, right? And Jimmy's now looking up because he's looking up at now – before it was really only boston that he had to worry about right like he only really had boston that was kind of sort of the thing standing in his way to get back to the finals now you look at it he's got milwaukee back right and milwaukee 
someone did this like Milwaukee has now the one of the better big men, one of the best big time shots in Dame. Um, you got two amazing role players in Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. So now they're kind of set. Now the only thing I will say about Milwaukee is now I would be concerned about their death because they used they don't have as much death as they used to. Uh, trading away like guys like Drew Holiday uh, and Grayson Allen, like their depth kind of fell off. And defensively, like I said, Drew Holiday was the defensive stopper. Right, like you can put him on anybody, and D and uh, Drew Holiday will put the clamps on him. Right, like now they don't have that anymore, and I want to see how their defense kind of, if their defense falls off a little bit more because of that. Um, but the key thing is, you know, they traded Drew Holiday to the Blazers. The Blazers obviously weren't going to keep him. They were trying to, they were basically setting this up to kind of say, hey, we're going to keep him, but we're going to see what we can get inside of trade value. They traded him, and they traded him to Boston. Now that is a very interesting thing because. Now this makes uh, the East kind of sort of a two-horse race. Like, Boston and uh, Milwaukee are now kind of the teams to beat because now with Jalen Brown's contract shored up, um, Boston is looking pretty good, right? Like, they add, and then they added Deathwood, and they get somebody like a Chris Offersingas, and then added, of course, Drew Holiday, who's going to be extra motivated every time they play the Bucks. That's going to be a series to watch. Um, and this year, I think this year could be an MVP season for Jason Tatum. Like he's had it this, he's had it like kind of sort of just been on the cusp of it. I think this is going to kind of be the year he kind of unlocks it. It kind of goes basically from that all-star to good player to kind of like MVP, great player to where he kind of says, put the team on his back and kind of goes crazy. And like I said, Jalen Brown, now his contract is sort of up. He can kind of play a little bit more freer, right? Again, it would have been interesting to see how that game seven went down if uh, Jason Tatum didn't get hurt against Miami, right? Like, it would have been very interesting to see how that would have worked. Uh, the one thing I will say worries me is that the trade they sent Robert Williams to um, Portland is now their bench is not as strong, right? <clears throat> Robin Williams was a very good bench player for them. Their bench is not as strong as it used to be. And that's going to be a key thing in uh, stopping um, Milwaukee because, like I said, Milwaukee now, Giannis doesn't have to play, like, all of those extra minutes because they're scoring with hurt, right? Chris Middleton, you could put a Chris Middleton and a Dame on the court and still have a potential to have either one of them go for 30 at any night. And then, like I said, with Giannis, you know, being able to kind of get on the bench and kind of get some time to rest, he can kind of be go back to that MVP Giannis level because he doesn't have to basically carry the whole team anymore. Uh, so this matchup is going to be very good, especially coming out the East because out the East, there's not too many teams that can stop, you know, Milwaukee or Boston, right? I don't trust the Knicks as far as I can throw them, right? Like the Knicks have done the Knicks have done this thing very well where they play great in the regular season and then the playoffs, they kind of sort of choke it away, right? Like Jalen Brunson has looked great since he's been signed with the Knicks, right? He's kind of helped that team. Him, Josh Hart has kind of come together and they looked very good. But it's just I can't trust the Knicks because for some reason they just always kind of sort of fall short in the playoffs. And that is always going to be scaring me because I can't, I don't mind you. You can go crazy in the regular season. That doesn't matter if you don't do it in the playoffs. Um, 
with Philadelphia, we don't know what the drama is with them anymore, right? Like James Harden wants out again, right? Like James Harden wants out. I've said this on multiple occasions that you might as well just blow that thing up and start over and go ahead and trade Joel Embiid for whatever value you can get for him now because he's still valued at like a high level. Because if you can't figure out what that team is going to do, Joel cannot play, cannot stop Boston, cannot stop Milwaukee by himself. Right, like Tyler Maxey is going to be a good player and, and he can step up, but I don't know if though if that's enough to stop this Boston my, uh, Milwaukee squad. Like I said earlier, Jimmy got to play this game back with you know uh, the UPS workers, right? And now, how is that going to work with him and Bam? Like Bam is going to be very much the bigger piece in this if he can step up with, with no match Struess now, right? With Tyler Hero coming back and trying to sort of prove that he's still uh, valued and what. People were thinking about trading him not too long ago and still were, right? I will say this. Had that Miami trade happened, I think it would have been easy to put the title right there in in Miami. With this now, it's very much harder to see if they can do it. And I don't know. Um, like I said, and I'll give this. I'll say one of my dark horses, the kind of that everybody sort of doesn't really like doesn't really peep is that you know the cast could be one of those teams that a lot of people end up not literally paying attention to and they end up being like the third best team in that uh conference like you look at the cast like donovan mitchell you know when he got traded over there kind of sort of was rejuvenized right like he dropped what 71 on on the bulls that one time so yeah he's been rejuvenized so he's kind of look a lot better the key thing is is that can um can can Allen and Grace, can Allen and Garland step up and kind of be those uh, two and three options where when Dan, when Donovan Mitchell is on the bench, can they step up, right? With Matt Struess on the squad, like you got that championship level experience on there to kind of hit those big shots in bigger moments. But the key thing is those two young players have to step up. If they want to have any chance of, you know, beating Boston, beating Milwaukee, they have to play at a uh at another all-star level uh season and they may be able to do it because i have the faith in them that they can step up but it's just now they it's been pushed them on to a little bit for because those like i said those are the only teams i think that can have a opportunity to even stand up against um those two squads because this is a two-man race right now and i think again if you ask me who has the edge right now i'll give the edge to I'll give the edge to Boston only because of the fact that they've played together a lot longer. So they know each other more than Milwaukee, who hasn't, who like, yes, Chris Middleton, uh, Giannis, and Lopez have won a title together, but adding the element of Dame in there, it's always going to be a little bit more like, okay, they're trying to figure out how he fits into their system, basically. I will give it to boston right now because they know everybody's role like they know everybody's strengths they know everybody's weaknesses they know how and where to play with each other um so at this point in time boston is going to be my favorite i'll revisit this once the season starts and we can kind of see how milwaukee gels together but yeah if boston can continue to grow and then if jason tatum has an mvp level season they're going back to the finals there's no doubt about that uh, they're going back to the finals. Now, the big question is, you know, what about the East, right? Can who can stop Denver? By the way, 
By the way, I just want to say this. Jokic is the most hilarious dude I've ever seen play the sport of basketball. The man looked so so just like over it once he won the title. He was just like, remember at the uh, the press conference when he was like, I, I want to go home. It was like, we well, got the you got the uh, parade. Like, I, I just want to go home. He looked at the parade. He looked so tired and was just so ready. Like, yes, I love it here. He probably had his bags packed and ready to go. Once he got home, he just hit the plane with the Serbia. Bro, the man was more excited to win a horsing competition than the NBA final. Like, he just did this. Like, this is a truly, truly just a job for him. Like, you know how you just clock in and you just be and you get there at like you get there at 10 o'clock. You, you start at 10 o'clock, but you be there at like 959 waiting for it to hit to 10 o'clock just to go clock in. That had Jokic is when he walked into the building for NBA media days. Like, all right, I'm here. I'm just, just don't talk to me. I'm just here. So I don't get fined, bro. I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Like, and it's so funny because like he plays like that and then he ends up being like arguably one of the best big men in the league right now. And it's so funny. Like he, like imagine if he actually like, I don't think I will say, not say this, like I won't say like imagine if he tried, but imagine if he actually like put in a little bit more like enthusiastic effort with it. Like he would probably be arguably one of the best big men right now. Um, I think right now in the West, um, the West is going to be a little bit of evil right now because it's going through what I like to call like the transitional phase of going from LeBron, Steph to now, you know, once you get back, it could be Ja, uh, Joker, uh, even the uh, Kings, right? Like even the Kings may be able to kind of take that next step. But I think it's going to be in that transitional period to where we're going to look at kind of sort of the old guard. I don't want to say fade out a little bit, but you'll see that it's getting older, right? Because, I mean, never in a million years did I think the son of Chris Paul would play, not only play with Steph, like on the same squad in the middle, in like the actual season. Like I thought, okay, they'll be on an all-star squad together, or all-star team. But no, they're going to play on the same team. Like I'd never, never in a million years that I thought that would happen. Right. Like, cause y'all know their beef is undeniably lasting forever. That's going to be the funniest time in practice just to see Chris Paul just like shimmy on Steph when he hits a three. Um, but as far as like who can stand up to Denver, uh, the biggest question I had was the Suns, right? Like the Suns made a lot of deals mid and mid and like during the mid year, you know, of course getting Bradley Bill adding him but they sacrificed a lot of their bench to get Bradley Beal and it showed up in the playoffs when they got bumped in the second round um the problem is now they actually did add a lot of death back right getting Yurkic from the uh from Portland right getting rid of Aiton and sending him to Portland which <laughs> he up here sounds like I'm uh dominating I'm just like oh, oh my god anytime you nickname yourself just stop don't ever nick guys don't ever nickname yourself anything just don't because that's the sign of you lost it um but the suns ended up adding a lot more of death with like grayson allen and york and uh Yurkic, right so now they're able to kind of compete because they have the guns that can go with it right they have you know booker they have bradley bill the key thing is can kd step up because that has always been my knock on him is that a lot of people have said that, oh, KD, he won the title, but he had to go to Golden State. You know, ever since then, when they ask him to be the guy, he always kind of falls flat. Or if he's not the guy anymore, he asks for a trade, right? 
this is the squad, right? Like you said, you wanted to go to the Suns. You said you wanted to play with Devin Booker. You said you wanted to do all of these things. Now you're here, right? Now is the time to see you step up because I will say this: if he doesn't win in the next two years, I think his his title runs are always going to be in his mind kind of sort of asterisk with him. He's never going to be able to be like fully be like, yo, I'm a champion, right? And a lot of people are going to say like, oh, well, you know, he, he he didn't really ring Trace like that. Like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He ring Chase. He was so openly and blatantly about it because here's the thing. He ring Chase so hard. He didn't even tell Russ that he was leaving. He had Russ had to find out the same time we did on SportsCenter. Um, the thing with KD is that he's always kind of ran from like this moment of like trying to step up. And now it's like at this point in time, you don't have a choice. You got to get it done because now you are the guy in, in uh, Phoenix. And like if you're one of the truly only teams until like Jog is back in Memphis, um, you know, I don't know what the Kings are going to be. Right. We don't know what the Kings are going to be. We don't know if the Kings are going to repeat from last year or if the Kings are going to follow old habits and kind of just fall back off. I don't think so because this isn't the old Kings. This is the new Kings. But if the Kings are able to even somewhat establish themselves as just not even a dominant threat, just like a presence in the West, it can they can end up still getting, again, they took, they took Steph to seven, right? They took Steph to seven games. Uh, it took a 50-point try to beat them out. And they looked, and they didn't look flustered. They didn't look cra- They didn't look scared. They didn't look anything. They looked like they were ready for it. If you can find a way to translate that over to this year, and they can still play at a dominant level that they were, like the beam, because they're gonna be back in the playoffs, and they may be even even a threat to go to the championship. Um, no, at least the Western. I don't think they get to the finals with the Western championship. Um, right now, we don't know what's going on with the Lakers, right? Like the Lakers have added a lot of depth. You get go get Gabe Vincent to kind of help them out. You got LeBron out here saying like, "Oh, AD is uh AD is the face of the Lakers now," which I feel like is kind of him just trying to make sure that if they lose, A is on AD and ain't on me no more. I don't got my stuff; it's on AD now. But if LeBron, I will say this, and again, it's always the bigger question: is is this the year that LeBron falls off? You know, he's thirty eight now. Oh, he's thirty nine now. It's gonna be thirty nine. You know, can he continue to play at this high of a level? Right, like. You can obviously see the fall off with LeBron not being able to play at such a high level as he did. But the problem is he's still playing at a level that is still better than most of your stars, right? Like he's still at a high level. The key thing is now he has done the LeBron thing again where he's molded a team to what he wanted. Now the question is can he play with them and win a title, right? If he can win a title in if he can win a title with this squad, I think he does retire. I think he would be nothing left. I know he says he wants to wait till Bronny gets there, but I think at this point it's just nothing left for him to prove. And, like, if he just plays around, he'll just be, like, the old man at the Y who, like, always was like, hey, yo, you know, I got next. Uh, y'all, y'all need a fifth. I'm right here. Because it, it would just kind of be just, like, repetitive at this point. And, like, with Memphis, with Ja being out, right, they added Marcus Smart, so like they kind of have the you know power uh, point guard little sh- uh, shored up. You know they got Derrick Rose there. With Ja being out those twenty five games, it's going to be a little harder now, right? Of course, Desmond Bain is still there. Um, can they win 
without Ja. They shown that they have done it. I think when he was hurt, I think they went in 17 games. I think they went like 14 and three without him there. That's not the issue. The issue is, can they compete against a lot of teams? Because a lot of teams are going to be looking right. Like, cool. If we can get them down, like if they can basically, if they don't end up having a winning record when Ja gets back, it's a lot harder for them to kind of bump up and play, uh, try to get into those top few seeds. Because like I said, Kings may be coming. This may be the last ride for uh, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So they're going to try to make sure that they're making the threat. We already know Phoenix is going to be good. Of course, we know Denver. That's four teams right there that I'm considering already in the top four, right? And then here, and a lot of people are always asking about the Clippers. Well, we don't know if the Clippers are going to play Paul and uh, Kawhi together, right? Like now, again, once Kawhi figures out he has to actually play the game to get some money, he's going to be like, oh, I guess I got to play some more because uh, of the new NBA rules where you can't out, you can't sit out games. If you start to sit out games for like you just being a healthy scratch or gain or a low management, they're going to start costing you money. So that's going to be more. They're going to be like, no, 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 he's going to play, he's going to play. Um, but like I said, I don't know. A lot of people are asking, well, what about Zion and what about the Pelicans, right? Like the, they, they started off hot and from all reports is coming out. Zion is taking this season seriously. I guess, I don't know from all the other seasons, but I guess off the, a lot of the off the court issues with Zion have kind of like kind of quieted down a little bit more. Like I guess he couldn't kind of handle that situation to now where he can focus a lot more on, on basketball. Uh, but the key thing is Zion is another one of those where if he gets hurt, where does that team go? Right? Because a lot of questions Mark was on there, like can him and Brandon Ingram take this team to the next level and be an actual threat when they were in there together, they were on top of the West. Like they were on top of the West when they were in there together. Once the injuries started to pile up on them. Yeah. They fell off. But like I said, with CJ there with Brandon Ingram, with uh, Zion, if they can get that squad together, they could, the Pelicans could definitely, again, I don't think they, I think they're at the same level with the Kings, right? Like if they can still somehow get it together, they may be able to challenge, maybe even get to that Western Conference Finals. I don't know if they can get to the actual finals, but they can make a threat. Um, and that's like I said, a lot of these teams are are either in rebuild mode or are just good enough to kind of be in the mix, right? Like Clippers, they're just good enough to be in the mix. You know, we don't really know. The Trailblazers are going to be a lot interesting because those were one of those teams with the Trailblazers, like I said with this new shakeup and then like i said they're more in focus on like rebuilding i don't think they're going to be i don't think too many people are going to be worried about them so like those are the few teams that you got to look out for and and i'll say this going back to the east real quick because a lot of people are uh, talking to me and saying like well what about the bulls like what do you what do you mean what about the bulls like at for the bulls at best at best they'll be a play-in team at worst, they'll be at the bottom of the East, right? Like the Bulls are, again, to to paraphrase from uh, Danny Green, the Bulls are who we thought they are. They are not good right now. They did not do anything in the offseason to get better, mainly because they have no money and they have no draft capital. They have nothing to make to sure up that team. So that's why they brought the same dudes out here once again to kind of sure, uh, to kind of be like, all right, we got one more time. I come to you again, hands out, open with you, 
hoping to give us, right? Lonzo, yeah, sure. Lonzo was up trying to do up downs in the chair to prove to Stephen A that his leg is good. That don't mean nothing. You still out for this season. Right? When they were together, when it was Lonzo, uh, Zach, and Demar, they were at the top of the East, but they are not now. And the Bulls are, again, who we think they are. They are a very good team, but they cannot compete. They have no draft capital, so they cannot make the trades necessary to make themselves better. They don't have any money because they don't. Ha- they spent it all on uh, Demar and they spent it all on Zach, so they have no money to go out and get players. So, at if I'm the Bulls, I'm saying, you know what? We got arguably one of the best mid-range shooters in uh, Demar. Got one of the best. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say the best, but I'll say an up-and-coming. I know it sounds weird. Him being like his 10th year in the league saying an up-and-coming star. But one of the guys that I think is just very good on the wing in Zach, um, you have, you know, whatever Lonzo's going to be. Because at this point, I think Lonzo's going to get either get cut if he doesn't make any improvements or he doesn't make any type of, uh, you know, statements uh, to prove that he's actually better. They're going to let him go. If you're that, just might as well start trading out, trading away guys now to kind of rebuild for the future, right? Like you can still get uh, great cap, uh, great capital for the two players that I've just listed. You can still get great capital for somebody like a Vooch. You have a lot of just players there. Like, yeah, it's going to suck because you know you're going to have to sit here and watch this happen. But this is the thing that's going to happen with bad teams is that you have to go through the bad rears of the rebuild, right? Like a lot. I think the problem is is that a lot of owners want to kind of skip the rebuild phase and go right to the, all right, we're bad, but then we're just going to make that jump, right? Because a lot of times when they do that with, like, not only – I don't want to say, like, they need to fire the coach. I think the coach is fine. I think coaching is fine. It's the players there haven't reflected it a lot. Um, The idea that you can just hop, skip, and jump over the rebuild mode and go right back to where they want to be, which was not even that long ago – I wouldn't even say like the nineties. I would just say like, again, like 10 years ago with Derrick Rose getting, you know, to the Eastern conference finals a lot. Right. Always kind of sort of that right there against Miami at those time frames, Right. The East is, like I said, the East, while those two top teams are there, the East is still wide open. So there's going to be a lot of movement. So you can still have a way to where you can move up and down into the East. It's just the bulls don't want to do it because they always are stuck in this past stance. That's the thing with the Bulls and the Bears, right? Whatever deal the like the owners of those two franchises made to win the you know to win their prospective titles, can we like re- go through this? Like I thought, you know, once you made a deal with the devil, it was only like ten years. This has been like twenty. This has been like twenty years of my life of watching like the Bears and Bulls be like either semi good or always be terrible, right? Like. I feel like the Bulls, you know, at least we got six titles out of the deal they made with that devil. Like the Bears, we only got one title, and I didn't even get, and I wasn't even alive to see it. I wasn't even thought about to see the 85 team. Like the Bulls, at least I could see, at least I remember the last three, the first three I was that I was there, but I was just drooling. Um, but like I said, whatever deal we made to get these titles, can we just revisit this deal? Because this deal is terrible, right? What Kanye said, so much so for a happy meal, got a crappy deal. This is this is the deal we've made. Um, but no, but I think right now it's just the Bulls have 
structurally, again, it's kind of like the Bears. So a lot of my things I've said about the Bears, you can transfer over to the Bulls. Structurally, they have been kind of sort of locked in this thing, right? They have always sort of wanted to be like a defensive minded. Like when they got Thibodeau, they kind of it kind of worked a lot better, right? Thibodeau was a guy who was gonna make you know hard nosed coach who's gonna drill you guys down, but it worked, right? Like it did sacrifice Derrick Rose's knees, but it did work. Uh, but right, I think the problem is the Bulls went about it the wrong way when they tried to compete and go get a lot of those uh, scores, right? They go get Demar, which was a great a great move. Lonzo was, you know, Lonzo was always the questionable move because we didn't really know what he was in L.A. He was still with LeBron at the time. We didn't know. They spent a lot of money on these players and they're not getting the return on their investment. And at the end of the day, you got to make it right. So if they trade away the Bulls, if they trade away some top players to kind of get some picks and it be terrible, I'm be worth it because at least at the very end, we can have the at least the draft capital to kind of build up and go back to being where it what it used to be again when Derrick Rose was there, we're at least competing against those top teams, not just being there, you know, just barely beat, not even barely beating them, barely competing against it. But at the end of the day, um, my way too early predictions on who will be at the finals. Like I said, I think it'll be a, a Boston, maybe even Boston coming out the east right now. Like I said. If I had to pick, I would go with Boston just because of the cohesion. I think just because Boston players have played together for so long, they know each other so well versus Milwaukee, who right now on paper is a very good team, but they don't know how everybody works, right? So I think Boston will be uh, the you know the top team right now to beat them. Uh, and I think Denver, because I just don't think, I don't see a team in the West that has the answer to stopping your uh, your kids, right? The Joker right now is looking to, you know, Nikolai Djokovic is looking very much the best player in the NBA right now. Again, the only thing that's going to stop him is his, you know, his like lack of days of just, I don't want to be here, but I got to play. So I'm just going to do that. Like if he played with like a little bit more enthusiasm, like I said, he would be unstoppable. But like, I think the problem is with him being just that good of a player and having a lot of great role players with Jamal Murray on the squad, right? He has, you know, Aaron Gordon over there. Like, he has a lot of great role players over there that can kind of help him out. Michael Porter Jr., right? He has a lot of great role players. So he can, so when he doesn't feel like playing the game, they can pick up the slack. And like I said, I don't see anybody in the West that is capable enough of being it, right? If, if let's just say this, if uh, the man of glass bones, Anthony Davis, can play I don't even, he doesn't even have to play like the entire, he can play like, if he can play 60 games, right? If he can just miss only 12 games, right? I think he could definitely challenge them, right? I think the Lakers have enough depth and players now to kind of go against them. Um, if, you know, we fair, uh, if Dallas figures out what's it doing with Luka and Kyrie, that might be able to work out too. But right now, I just think it will be a Denver uh, Boston finals. And if it comes down to that, I will go on a limb and I'll say uh, Boston this time, right? I think Boston again has the has the firepower to go against them. That's the one thing Miami didn't have was they didn't have firepower to go against them, right? Like when they kind of quiet down Joker, you know, you had Jamal Murray go off, right? When Jamal Murray could, get, you know, when Jamal Murray wasn't going crazy, you had Aaron Gordon going nuts. You had you had enough places over in everywhere where it didn't have to focus on one person. If you look at Boston. They can definitely do that. Now, 
defensively, like I said, with Drew Holiday, this is going to be a lot better of a defensive team. The only thing that I worry about them is their depth, right? Coming off the bench, they lost a lot of their bench players. And this season, we're going to see if they can kind of sort of recreate a lot of those bench players where they can come together. Uh, now, especially with everything going, you know, quiet down with Mayaduka, they you know they don't have the scandal with that anymore. They kind of quiet down. Uh, John Zuma's the head coach over there. He can kind of figure it out now without any, without worrying about any of that nonsense. Um, if they can figure out how to not only, like I say, get that bench back to uh, get that bench back together to where they're playing, where they still had you know competent players coming off the bench. If Jason Tatum can get to being an MVP level again. Boston looks scary. Like I said, Boston doesn't look it's not too many teams I can think that can be Boston. Again, Milwaukee can figure out how to play together, then they're good, right? Because you got Dame, who I think I think this is now finally Dame's moment to where he can kind of prove that he he wasn't just a big fish in a little pond that he deserves to kind of be on those national stages. Uh and like I said, with Giannis now kind of revigorated, because again, Giannis was talking about leaving. But now he is now looking like, okay, you know what? I might be here for the long haul. So we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's going to be Boston and Denver for right now. Uh, before we head out, of course, uh, we got the Bears playing Washington tonight on Thursday Night Football. Can we flex this game? I know it's late, but there's, like, no other game we can, like, flex this to and just send this off to Timbuk too. Because, like, every the, the funniest thing is just, like, People were trying to, like, not play the uh, Bears and Broncos game. Now we got to, again, imagine having to pay uh, Amazon Prime to watch this. I know they play it locally here. I know they're going to play it locally on cable TV for us. But I'm just saying, imagine if you, like, in, like, you know, New York and you got Amazon Prime or you pay for, like, the NFL Red Zone or YouTube TV and then the Thursday night game they put up is Washington and the Bears. I would be PO'd, right? So, because it's the second time they've done this. Um, I I hope that. You know what? Let me rephrase that. My only hope is that I get through this game without alcohol poisoning. Because I'm going to watch this game, but I'm also going to have a lot of Jack Daniels by me just to get through this. Cause I can't do PBR cause I don't, you know, I like my life. I ain't doing that again. Um, but I do think that the key thing with the bears is that can they use what happened to them to kind of catapult them? Cause again, they looked great for those first two quarters, right? Those first two quarters, they look great. And now that, like I said, Matt Everflew pretty much knows he doesn't have a job, right? Justin Fields is basically just putting on game tape for other play, uh, for other teams, uh, Lou Getze, this may be his last few calls. Uh, can they just play enough to win the game? That's all they need to do. Because Washington looks like a way like a team that has looked way better from years past, right? And right now, if um, Eric Bieniemy can continue to uh, coach up Sam Howell to where he is, I think that Washington squad is going to be not only very dangerous. But they're going to be uh, very good coming out, right? Because, again, if they had a little bit more time, they would have beat Philly. Um, but I think Washington wins this game. I think it will be close. I think enough of us have talked about the defense to where they have kind of realized that they need to change it up. Because I know a lot of people are saying, like, Justin Fields has been playing too robotic. So has the defense been playing too robotic as well. 
But I think <clears throat> I think that this will be the day the Bears get very close to winning but still lose. I think the Bears unfortunately still do lose. I will say they go it's like 24-21, right? I think it'll be on the last minute field goal for them. Cuz again, I just can't trust that defense t- as far as I can throw them. And Sam Howell has looked outside of like that game um not this not last week, but the game last week, they looked very good. Um, outside of the game against Buffalo, who again Buffalo shut down Tua this week, right? Like they shut down Tua. Buffalo's defense is real. Outside of that, Sam Howe has looked very good, and he looked like a very much of a not again not a top tier quarterback, but looks very good. Um, so I think he will have a game day. I think he'll have a game. Uh, I think Justin Fields again will have another one of those games because he's going against a defense that is very porous. Um, I think. The Bears will, again, look really good but come up short just because defensively they can't hold up on their end. So that's just me. Uh, I think it's 21-20. I think it's 24-21. I know for the first time, I'm well, not the first time, I ain't gambling on this game. I ain't doing that one. I ain't losing my money freely off of that. So until then, I got two fingers for you. Shout out to Fluent Radio for putting me on. Shout out to y'all listening to me on us. Shout out for Mel helping out on the show. Until next time, guys, I got two fingers for you. Deuces.